0: in the orchestra view. Orchestra view? Where's that? You changed you change four score and seven two, to 87? Oh, that view is tremendous. A landing was made this morning on the coast of France by troops of the Allied Expeditionary Force. I don't blame them for
1: dyeing your hair, I said, but... They waited too long to
0: bomb it. Time now for Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. Here with all his skips, scratches, and pops is my dad, Frank Baccarello.
1: Thanks, sweetie. And thank you for tuning in to Episode 61 of Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. It's a 78 RPM Sunday. And since it's still February, we might have a little leftover love on our minds. And since so many great tunes over the years have been titled with women's names... The piano player on this episode made a list of his favorites, well, back in 1944. So, get ready for the ivory tickling many women's fancy in Volume 61 Frankie's Girlfriends. <laughs> mm <laughs> Is Frankie Carl with Ida, Sweet as Apple Cider, <laughs> written in 1903 by Eddie Leonard and Eddie Munson. Okay, why this album for this episode? Well, quite frankly, with a few exceptions, like now, which you would have noticed in the Valentine's Day episode, and when I was married more than a dozen years ago, and when I lived with someone quite a few years ago. I really didn't have many long-term relationships. In fact, my parents never knew who I might be bringing to the next family function over the years. So when I saw the title of this collection of Shellac Records, when I pulled it out of the box, I knew I would have to check out the women's names and use it soon in an episode. I can say, though, I never dated any women with any of these names on these song titles. So you can see the, the title was kind of personal. All right, next up yet another Gershwin tune. from Showgirl. Liza, All the Clouds Will Roll Away is a song composed by George Gershwin with lyrics by Ira Gershwin and Gus Kahn. It was introduced in 1929 by Ruby Keeler as Dixie Dugan in Florence Ziegfeld's musical Showgirl. The stage performances were accompanied by the Duke Ellington Orchestra. On the show's opening night in Boston on June 25, 1929, Keeler's husband and popular singer Al Jolson suddenly stood up from his seat in the third row and sang a chorus of the song much to the surprise of the audience, and Gershwin himself. Jolson recorded the song a few days later on July 6, 1929, and his rendition rose to number nine on the charts of the day. All right, let's learn a bit about this 78 RPM collection that I have chosen. Frankie Carl. Frankie Carl and his Girlfriends on the Columbia label set C-97. It's of the jazz genre. Its style is swing, and it was released in 1944. Now, we will be listening to all eight sides. I do want to read the liner notes from the inside cover here. Any attempt to eulogize Frankie Carl is as a popular pianist, would only be gilding the lily. From the moment he sat down at the piano when he was six until the present day, the musical Millions have chosen Frankie Carl for his individuality in keyboard entertainment, and he suits his millions to a T. At seven, he gave his first public concert. At eight, he already had gained an enviable reputation, and at nine was playing in an orchestra in which the youngest member was 45 years old. And today, he stands alone as America's modern-day Gershwin. In this, his third record album under the Columbia banner, Frankie offers the ultimate in Carl calisthenics, presenting a collection of all his favorite girlfriend songs. Listen to Frankie Carl tickle the ivories with Ida, Sweetie's Apple Cider, Liza, All the Clouds Will Roll Away, Charmaine, Diane, Margie, Rosemary, Louise, and Josephine. All right, let's see what Discogs.com has valued this record at. Now, they don't list the 78s like they do the LPs, so I had to find a different kind of list. What I found was the lowest price was $5, highest price was $2, $25, 322 collectors have a copy in their collections and 44 are up for sale on Discogs.com. Now I found several copies on eBay for between $4 and $15 and Amazon had one for $36 and 31 cents. Now my dad's records are clean but not in great playback condition. But as I will mention later in this episode, I think I need to find a different turntable needle for when I convert the shellac records to digital. So that might be part of that extra hissing too. The cover is in surprisingly good condition. It's just Aged. The binding is pretty solid. The hard cover is as well. The internal sleeves of the jacket are actually in great condition. So that's why the uh, the, the the records have stayed pretty clean. It's really tough to determine if my dad's ha- had played these records with any regularity. So I'll value my dad's collection at five dollars. Next up, two songs from the same songwriters. Spinning my dad's vinyl. That was Diane from Seventh Heaven, written by Erno Rapi and Lou Pollock as a theme song for the 1927 classic silent movie Seventh Heaven, starring Janet Gaynor and Charles Farrell. It premiered on the 6th of May, 1927 in Los Angeles. And before that, we heard Charmaine from What Price Glory? also written by Rapi and Lou Pollock. What Price Glory is a 1926 American silent comedy drama war film produced and distributed by Fox Film Corporation and directed by Raul Walsh. The film is based on the 1924 play What Price Glory by Maxwell Anderson and Lawrence Stallings. All right, time now to learn about this episode's featured artist, Frankie Carl, born Francis Nunzio Carlone, on March 25, 1903. He was an American pianist and bandleader. Born in Providence, Rhode Island, the son of a factory worker who could not afford a piano, he practiced on a dummy keyboard devised by his uncle, pianist Nicholas Colangelo, until he found a broken-down instrument in a dance hall. In 1916, a teenage Carl began working with his uncle's band as well as a number of local bands in the Rhode Island area. To gain further popularity in an America which still held prejudices against many Italian Americans, Carl did what many singers such as Dean Martin and Jerry Vale did during this time period. He changed his name from Carlone to Carl Carl started out working with a number of mainstream dance bands. His earliest known recordings and performances were with the Edwin J. McNally Orchestra from 1924 to 1929. He wrote many of the arrangements for that orchestra as well as play piano. In 1934, he played with Mal Hallett and his orchestra. In 1935, he had his own orchestra and was building an ad for One Night Club as America's Greatest Pianist. He received attention when he joined Horace Height and his musical nights in 1939. He later became co-leader of the band. The popularity he attained while with Height's band allowed him to leave the band in 1944 and form his own band, the Frankie Carl Orchestra. When his daughter, Marjorie Hughes, sang with the band, he did not reveal the relationship until Walter Winchell published it. His band disbanded after 1955 and he performed mainly as a soloist thereafter. He also formed piano studios across America and published piano instructional books. He made many records and had his own radio and television programs. From the 1950s until the 1980s, Carl performed as a single artist and maintained a close following of loyal friends. He died March 7, 2001, just shy of his 98th birthday. Next up, a song that was composed for vaudeville. Margie, also known as My Little Margie, is a 1920 popular song composed in collaboration by vaudeville performer and pianist Con Conrad and ragtime pianist J. Russell Robinson, a member of the original Dixieland Jazz Band. Lyrics were written by Benny Davis, a vaudeville performer and songwriter. The song was introduced by the original Dixieland Jazz Band in 1920. Okay, time now for this episode's interesting side note. The 78 RPM record was the primary format for music sold during the period from the early 1900s into the 1950s. The name 78s only became necessary in the late 1940s to differentiate them from newly introduced 33 and a third RPM LPs, long plays, and 45 RPM singles. Before that, 78s were simply called records. 78s only hold about four minutes of music per side. This is because the record groove is quite large compared to microgroove LPs and 45s. So while 78s will play on equipment designed for LPs and 45s, it is probably best to think of 78s as a completely different format that needs dedicated equipment designed for their playback. Wish I had some. 78s have a largely undeserved bad reputation when it comes to sound quality because many people try to play them using equipment that wasn't meant for them, which is partly why my dad's records currently don't have the full sound that they are talking about. I need a a larger needle. Here's why. 78s have a record groove that is around seven times larger than microgroove records. The stylus should also be much larger in order to pick up the music correctly. A stylus used for microgroove records will fall into the bottom of a 78 RPM record, so you will hear mostly noise and dirt. The, the music is up on the sides of the grooves. Now, I bought special needles for this turntable. They were special 78 needles, but I don't think they are as thick as they need to be. So, If you have an old Victrola, you can use a clipped-off safety pin as your needle. How do I know that? Well, that leads to a story about my trip to Philadelphia in 1976 as a member of the Boy Scout Service Corps, helping with the 44th Eucharistic Congress. Now, I stayed with a scouting family in Philly for the week, Mr. Otto I wish I remembered his first name. Happened to be an engineer at the local CBS affiliate. His hobby was to collect and repair old Victrolas. He happily showed off his collection to me and showed me a couple of secrets to keeping these things playing. One part that was hard to find even by the 1970s was a needle that would connect properly in the in the Victrola's tone arm. What was the solution? snip off a part of a safety pin. It fits snugly into the pickup, and it was wide enough to fill the whole groove. I never, I've never forgotten that lesson. And he even gave my brother-in-law that hint when he, was, uh, he too was having issues finding a needle for his Victrola. I'm just happy to have a turntable right now that will play at 78 RPM. I'll work on finding a better needle that will record these shellac records uh, much better, I hope. And now, one from Canada and one from France. Winning my dad's vinyl. Louise from Innocence of Paris. Louise is a song written by Leo Robin and Richard A. Whiting for the 1929 film Innocence of Paris, where it was performed by Maurice Chevalier. The song was Chevalier's first hit in the United States and was among the best-selling records for 10 weeks in the summer of 1929. And before that, we heard Rosemary from... Rosemary, which is an operetta-style musical with music by Rudolf Frimmel and Herbert Stothart, and book and lyrics by Otto Harbach and Oscar Hammerstein II. The story is set in the Canadian Rocky Mountains and concerns Rosemary Flemme, a French-Canadian girl who loves minor Jim Kenyon. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. Frankie Carl certainly had a nice style and musical longevity. Plus, I've really been enjoying listening to music that was written 90 to more than 100 years ago. So, let's end with the youngest girlfriend, uh, Tune. It's only 85 years old. Josephine was a 1937 song with music by Wayne King and Burke Bivens and lyrics by Gus Kahn. It was first recorded by Wayne King and his orchestra and issued on Victor 25518A, which became one of the band's best-selling records. And there you have the entire 78 RPM record set from a musician once called America's Greatest Pianist. So thanks for tuning into Volume 61, Frankie's Girlfriends, However You Did. If you want more information about this show, head over to spinningmydadsvinyl.com. I'll be back next week with all my skips, scratches, and pops for Volume 62, Popcorn, and Soul. Until then, go with the flow, my friends.